and welcome back to From Living in Silence to Living Out Loud. Before we begin today's episode, I want to thank all of you who have written in and shared your mental health stories, journeys, thoughts, and concerns. Your vulnerability and bravery is something that I continue to be so blown away by. We will be setting up an episode in the near future dedicated to the audience. This episode will include stories, questions, and experts weighing in on what you want to discuss about mental health and wellness. There is still time for you to write in to kset.com and be a part of this incredibly important conversation. I can't wait to personally hear from you. Okay, I will not take up any more time because I could not be more excited and honored to be sitting down with our San Antonio Mayor, Ron Nuremberg, today. He has continued to be a fierce vocal advocate for mental health and wellness in the city. He drives his drive for education, awareness, trainings, and services to our city continues to change the landscape surrounding the conversation of mental health and wellness. I am personally in awe of the work that he has continued to do for our community during and since COVID that has helped really shine a light on the need for accessibility to mental health and wellness advancement and for the conversation surrounding stigma. Today, we will be discussing together how mental health has changed and evolved in San Antonio, as well as understand how we as a community can keep this conversation going. So welcome, Mayor. I am so happy to have you here. Great to be here with you. It's good to see you, Tally. It's It's been a while. (laughs) No, it's so good to see you. Um, I wanted to start with a question about how you feel the conversation surrounding mental health has changed over the last three years since COVID? You know, I think the conversation has changed fundamentally about mental health and the fact that we have seen sort of a a, a reduction of the stigma associated with mental health because the traumas that people have been experiencing during the pandemic and, and, you know, the, the, the challenges um, the violence that we've seen over the last few years, just the compounding issues that have really stressed people's lives in so many different ways has really raised a level of awareness and dialogue about the importance and the fragility of mental health and, and the universality of mental health challenges. And so I think the most important development with regard to mental health other than what we're doing about it from a programmatic standpoint is the fact that we are now talking about it more openly than we ever have before. So do you also think in terms of the conversation, do you think that there are anything, you know, it's great that everybody's having this conversation Mm -hmm. and that social media has brought it to a new platform, but do you think in a way we still have um, some work to do on building the conversation and why yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about mental health? Sure. I think I absolutely think yeah. we do. And, and I don't think we'll ever reach a point where it's sort of automatic. But I think one of the areas that we still need to work on is just a, a general understanding of what mental health, mental wellness is. 
Uh, I think people still sort of view it as, as separate and apart from all other aspects of wellness. I think mental health gets um, uh, blamed for a lot of things that perhaps are correlated that we need to understand sort of as a, a comprehensive uh, part of a, a wellness uh, strategy, community wellness strategy. So I think just generally there needs to be further uh, development of mental health as a uh, part of the overall community wealth, public health, or community health, public health um, uh, ecosystem that, that, we, uh, that we help support and, and uh, work towards in our communities. Absolutely. And, you know, with mental health, it's finally starting to be on the same playing field yeah. as physical health. Right. What are some things do you think that we could be doing as a community in talking about mental health on the same playing field? And what, you know, do you see as the similarities with yeah. physical health? I know that you you promote and you have the Mayor's Fitness Council yeah. with wellness. So what are some of the things that we could do to sort of bridge that conversation? Well, you know, I, I will tell you the the Mayor's Fitness Council, which began many years ago, predates me. Uh, we about four years ago, four years ago, before the pandemic began, really started to bring in mental health conversations as part of the overall strategy and focus, the mission of the Mayor's Fitness Council. And I think that was telling because, uh, again, uh, we, we need to think about these uh, mental health and physical health sort of as, a, as an overall system of well-being. And if you, uh, you know, if we have mental health challenges, many times they manifest themselves as physical health challenges. And so, you know, they, they need to be seen as equally important. Um, you know, with regard to what we can do, I think, to further uh, stimulate the, the conversation is, number one, uh, again, uh, focus on reducing stigma. We still see people, you know, being shy about or, or frankly being ashamed of talking about mental health challenges. And, and people need to be aware, number one, they aren't alone. If you're experiencing stress, mental stress, uh, mental health challenges, if you have a diagnosis, a diagnosis, you are certainly not alone. In fact, you are with the majority of Americans Absolutely. and the majority of Absolutely. residents of the globe. So it needs to see, be, we have to continue to reduce the stigma. Um, the other thing I would say is that uh, if you are experiencing challenges, um, there are resources and, and ways to help. And, and you know, some of them are, require more intervention than others, but people need to feel like a mental health issue is not a, a dead-end road. We can, we can work towards uh, wellness together as a community. You can work towards it as an individual, we can work together within a community, a family. Yeah. So one of the things I want to do is kind of bring this conversation back to you, because as I said, I'm in awe of you and the work that you did during COVID and that every day you showed up for the community. But a question right now for you personally yeah. is how did you keep up with your health and wellness? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I asking something no. a little bit too much? No, it's, it's an important question. Yeah. And one, frankly, that I don't think many of us consider. And that's one of the challenges for all of us. Uh, and, and anyone who's, uh, you know, certainly in a position where they're working constantly and have to kind of deal with the, in, the intensity that we've seen. So, um, Number one, it is still a question that I'm, I'm starting to 
starting to ask myself, but I don't think realistically I or any anyone out there has really reflected on the last three years and really um, processed it enough. That being said, I, I have always been of the belief that um, you know mental health is something that I need to take care of actively, and I think a lot of people know I have a pretty um, regimented exercise routine. <laughs> yes. That's part of <laughs> right. part of the way I deal with it, dealing with stress through uh, a very uh, you know strict exercise routine. I tried to also uh, eat well. Um, but it's, it's an ongoing basis. People ask me, you know, about how I deal with the stress of, of, you know, helping of being a mayor. Man- <laughs> yeah. Managing yeah. Uh, the seventh largest city in the United States. And I will tell you the stress level is very high, but as the stress level of the, of the work day goes up, the, the intensity level of my exercise routine goes up. That's just the way I kind of, uh, manage it. And, and that's just something, again, from an individual basis, know that there are ways to cope with, process, and and deal with the stresses that could lead to mental health challenges. You have to be aware of it, and you have to deal with it in an active in an active way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that exercise plays such a yeah. large role um, in helping people with their mental health journey. I'll tell you. Yes. Go yeah. Ahead. No. And, and and that's not to say exercise is the way to do it for no, everybody. No. But I think it but is. It's it's my method. Yes. Um, meditation yeah. works. Uh, some people thrive in therapy sessions. Yeah. Um, you know, taking a long walk, just being able to really decompress and. I think from a more active standpoint, active yeah. mentally, yeah. deal with and process the stresses and, and the challenges that you're, you're under will help you in terms of maintaining mental wellness. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's everybody's you know journey is to find. And so this actually brings me to a point that a lot of people today are using the word self-care mm. in terms of mental health. I'm not a big fan of the buzzwords, and this is definitely a buzzword, but I think when we're looking at mental health and self-care, we're also looking at kind of looking at ourselves and kind of taking our own pulse Mm -hmm. um, for how we're feeling throughout a day. Is this something that you do um, when you're looking at your day? Because you have probably, I mean, you're everywhere. You're everywhere and doing everything. Right. it's not not enough. I'll, I'll be clear on that. And, and again, I think the level of intensity has been ratcheted up around the world, and certainly here in the United States over the last three years, as we've been coping with all of these different uh, global challenges. Uh, the pandemic, not the least of them. So I don't think we have. And I can speak personally. I don't think I have focused enough on what is necessary for self-care. And and it's okay to admit that. Absolutely. But uh, I do know that throughout my life I've tried to maintain areas that provide me some decompression, areas that help me to cope with the level of stress, no matter what it is. Again, exercise, eating well, things like that. So can I do better? Yes. Uh, Am I there yet? No. Uh, But I don't think I'm without those um, uh, coping Mechanism. Well, I think that's really um, wonderful and, and, and what, of you to be honest that in yeah. saying like, no, I don't do everything I need to do yet. Um, and people want to see who the real you is and, and, and hear about, you know, oh, he's human yeah. like the rest of <laughs> us and how, and how we cope with things. Yeah. So I, I thank you for sharing that. And, and, I, and yeah. I would just say yeah. it's also really important to find ways that you can cope with, alleviate stress 
that are healthful, that aren't hurtful to yeah. you. Um, you know, it, it, it is very easy to fall into a trap of coping with stress in, in ways that are not healthy for you. And so that's the other thing that you've got to be focused on is finding the things that work for you that also aren't, you know, bad, you know, yeah. leading, leading to um, negative effects. Well, we can talk about that. So since COVID, I think a lot of people, especially because we've all been through something nobody had ever anticipated or ever dreamed that we would ever go through. And so people have different coping mechanisms and right. different coping ways of coping. And we've seen a rise in alcohol and drug right. use. Um, what are some of the things right now in the city that you want to be focused on in the mental health arena and landscape? Yeah, sure. Well, again, uh, mental health has now been part of our common vocabulary. And I will tell you that even before, you know, we, we, where we, when we were in the, the heart of the pandemic, uh, we were focused on what are we going to, what's going to happen when we come out of this? How do we build a stronger community? How do we recover in a way that we are more, uh, resilient, not just from an infrastructure and economic standpoint, but from a human standpoint. And so mental health has always been a, a common area of focus as we've led us led through this pandemic. And so with the community's focus, certainly in the city and the city council, the local government, and now also with the assistance of the federal government leaning into this and the state government, we are now putting resources behind programming uh, to ensure that we have the right um, programs and initiatives available to help uh, again, alleviate mental health challenges in our community. Uh, the American Rescue Plan Act funding has been managed uh, through our, our city quite well. We've put roughly $26 million of our ARPA funds uh, towards mental health in different categories. Uh, one of them is focused on youth, uh, youth mental health. We know that the challenges that young people have experienced over the last few years have been compounded by the fact that they've been isolated from school. Uh, during during that portion of the pandemic, a lot of them have missed important dates like graduations and birthdays and all the things that you know allow a young person to grow socially. So the challenges experienced by men, uh, by young people have been especially acute. So we put we have focused programs in that area. Uh, another big area of focus is our senior population. Isolation, social isolation, is always a big part, uh, a big challenge for us. During um, you know pre-pandemic times, it became even more uh, acute during the pandemic, and, and isolation was that much more of a, a, a target issue. So dealing with challenges related to our senior population is another focus. Uh, a couple other areas I would mention is um, homeless uh, in, in our, our population that is housing burdened, uh, additional challenges experienced in, in that community. And we know that if someone loses their home, the, there is an exponential increase in stressors and also um, negative effects that they are, are more likely to experience as a result of that. And then, of course, just collaboration with all of the different entities and departments within our city and different government agencies, making sure that we have the right opportunities for people to engage with our mental health ecosystem once they uh, are uh, in need of services, making it more readily available and, and allowing us to ensure that there's connectivity between the different departments and agencies that can provide relief. That's wonderful. So my big question is somebody who spends a lot of time in the mental health um, field is really understanding 
when the $26 million is mm. no longer, and you know, yeah. we've spent a lot of it, and you have really not just, I, I mean, I will say, Mayor, is that you have not only thought of an incredible plan with this, but also you, you've put mental health on, on such a different level for our city. But what happens after that 26 million? Is there a plan for sustainability on yeah. some of these programs? Well, so uh, the American Rescue Plan Act, the, the $26 million I mentioned there, yeah. is sort of short midterm funding. So we are going to go through a period of assessment and um, you're really evaluating the programs that we've scaled up through the program. So there's going to be a period of time where we sort of what's what's the next step as we go through, uh, you know, spending those funds. I, I will tell you though that the San Antonio Metropolitan Health Department has a mental health strategy that's in the heart of our focus plan. I forget the name of the the the, the strategic plan for the Metro Health Department, but mental health is one of the key pillars of that plan. We are working over the next several fiscal years, and it started really a couple years ago, that we are putting more of the uh, program dollars from our mental health uh, program into our general fund so it can be ongoing and sustaining. I know it's not just about money, but making sure that the resources are there to program those initiatives on an ongoing basis is critically important for us. The other thing I'd say is that, you know, we can talk about dollars. It's, you know, I, I would just tell you my instinct tells me it's that it's not enough because we need the state government and we need the federal government both leaning in at the same level of emphasis as local communities across the country because this is a whole of government approach. Uh, we have heard, especially as we've seen the tragedies of gun violence, particularly in schools that the state legislature in this session in which they're already engaged are going to put a huge emphasis on mental health. Um, we need them to put their money where their mouth is. Um, they have said they're going to double the, the focus um, on mental health. At the state level, we want to see that come to fruition. That will help us sustain our efforts at the local level. Uh, and I would also say that we can't forget that Part of building a resilient community post-pandemic and the emphasis on mental health is coming from the federal government. So ensuring that we have public health funding coming through HHS at the federal level to support all these local programs is going to be very key. But where, where I don't want to go is just to have people assume that just because we're putting money on there, we're getting results. We've got to make sure that we're, we're focusing on evaluating uh, and improving on the mental health, mental wellness of our community at the same time. This is so great. We'll be right back. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then um, we'll continue and pick up where we left off. Sounds Thank good. you. News. Weather. Mental health. True crime. And all things San Antonio. KSAT has a podcast for everyone with a local twist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Or watch the video versions on our KSAT YouTube page. Okay, we are back. Um, So I'm going to switch gears again and talk a little bit about something that we discussed in the last episode, but really has been on the minds of a lot of people, and it's mental health in the workplace. Um, and really how the mental health landscape is changing the workplace and how um, mental health is playing a much larger piece in the way we work 
And since COVID, you know, many of us had worked from home and then are getting back into the workplace. What are some strategies that you're seeing, even in your office, that you're yeah. implementing that's different than what had happened before COVID? You know, I, I, I would say it's, um, it's more about a fundamental shift in understanding the role of mental health in the workplace, again, akin to understanding mental health on the same plane as physical health. You know, if you had an employee um, who had a debilitating cough mm -hmm. show up to work, you'd probably tell them to go home. Just come back when you're feeling better. Right. The same thing. I mean, people are going through mental stresses. Maybe they had something happen in their personal life. Uh, maybe that there's been compounding traumas that they've experienced in their life, work life or whatever. You know, people need a break. And so being able to recognize giving, you know, supervisors the competencies and skills to recognize mental health challenges and, and encouraging them uh, to treat those challenges no differently than they would a physical health challenge from an employee, giving them the space uh, and giving them the wherewithal, the resources to, to be able to come back healthy uh, is really important. Absolutely. And do you think that there should be some more trainings and um, leadership understanding of mental health and wellness um, in the workplace? Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. And the, and the key thing there is that it's easy to identify a physical health challenge. I mean, you can see Always. it. Yeah. It's not easy to um, identify, nor is it easy for someone to acknowledge their own mental health challenge. So I think giving us the skills and competencies to understand what they are, to recognize them when they occur, is really where our focus needs to be from, from a workplace HR standpoint. Absolutely. So I'm going to take it a little bit further out and talking a little bit about our schools and mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that's, part of, that's a big part of the strategy and a part of my focus and love um, is the work that we do in the schools. Um, first, I want to, this is kind of like a two-part question, and one, it's about our teachers and uh, our teachers in the workforce and yeah. helping them and giving them the support that they need in order to work through the mental health crisis we're going through. Yeah. What are some things that you hope to see that the community can do as well yeah. as you know, schools right now in general to, to provide support? Well, I, I would start by, and I don't mean to be flippant yeah. here, but I would start by making sure that teachers are paid what they're worth, which they're not. Um, you know, teachers have a whole host of stresses related to economic issues because of the fact that, that for years we've been under-resourcing schools, particularly public schools. So that's number one. The other thing is that our teachers are with our young people all day long. And so unless they, uh, unless they are already skilled in the area of mental health, they're going to have challenges identifying it on the part of their students or helping students cope, you know, work through those issues. So making sure that, that teachers have some resources, some skills, uh, training available to them to help with mental health challenges on the part of their students is very important. But I can't underemphasize the, the role that we play uh, as a whole of society to make sure that if we want young people to be well, if we want teachers to be well, then we need to make sure that they are valued from an economic standpoint to the extent that they should be. And, and that's not currently the case here in Texas or anywhere else in the country. 
Yes, and I fully agree, and I think we can talk about the financial implications of mental health if we are not giving and and supporting, and what else does that mean? I mean, it's the same thing with any family. The reason why we have such acute mental health um, uh, challenges that persist among, you know, the homeless community is because they have, uh, they have, the basics are not taken care of. They don't have a roof over their heads, and that creates all sorts of challenges, and that's the level of stress economic issues can can place on a on a community on a you know group of people that that needs to really be addressed from a a societal standpoint and from a you know a federal and, and state and local government standpoint. Absolutely. And so now let's talk a little bit about the youth in San Antonio and of course how they've been affected um, and continue to be affected with. What has occurred, you know, the last three years? We're talking about isolation. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about missing things like what you had talked about. What are some things and thoughts on what we can be doing right now to support the youth? Um, there's so many incredible programs, but what, what do you see as, as the future of what we need to do to be supporting youth in mental health? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I can answer that sort of as a as a mayor, uh, but I can also answer it as a father. And what I can tell you is that the most important thing that I see a young person, especially over the last few years, needs to understand is that they're not alone. Yeah. You know that that um, that the stresses of the, of life, and if you turn on the TV and you see more of the challenges that we're experiencing globally, that, that they are not alone to face the world, uh, making sure that there is peer support groups available to them that are healthy and productive, uh, ensuring that we have um, opportunities to recreate and, and alleviate stress in healthful ways. Um, to me, those are, are very key. And then from you know, a youth programming standpoint, again, we've got to make sure that our youth mental health services and capacities are increased to the level that we know they are needed, and that's not close right now. I mean, I told you what we are doing with the ARPA yeah. uh, dollars at the local level, but this is going to require state support and federal support as we move forward. Absolutely, and also there's a shortage in people who are working in the mental health field. Right. What right. What does that look like, and what kind of plans do you think? I'm, I, I don't think that this is just, this is actually all over the United States, so are there conversations bigger than what we're having here surrounding mental health and getting people into the behavioral health workspace? Yeah, there are. And, you know, like in a lot of fields, but particularly in, in health, health care and in medicine, there, there is a significant need for workforce. And so I, I can tell you at the local level, when we were working through our workforce development programs, one of the things that we're trying to do is work with those healthcare providers who can scale up those kinds of skills and positions. And we're trying to, you know, encourage people into that career path. Uh, but, you know, I think that there are um, significant needs, particularly in for the younger population with regard to uh, school counselors, uh, and you know, folks who are working directly with young people, the workforce needs are even more acute than for the general population. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So again, this is a really big piece in getting people into the workforce. But it's really also about community. When we're talking about community and mental health, 
Um, I think the ARPA dollars are bringing you know, people together and collaborating. What does collaboration mean to you and to the work that you and um, the city of San Antonio want to see the nonprofits or the colleges working together to, to build a program? Yeah, well, and I mentioned our SA Forward mental or our SA Forward strategic health plan for mental health, and of that, uh, mental health is a big area of focus. We have a mental health collaborative, right. and we uh, want to make sure that all the different agencies that are providing services, whether it's you know CHCS or it's directly through mental health or one of the other nonprofit agencies in town, that we're working together towards common goals. So the first thing I would say is that collectively as a mental health mental health ecosystem we have to we have to um, sort of come to a consensus on what are the main challenges that we're trying to address what are the focus area mm-hmm. populations and then sort of um, work from that um, common level of, of uh, understanding great well I mean right now you've answered all these really important questions but is there anything that you would like to share right now um, especially to our listening audience who who have um, really taken the time to talk about their own mental health and wellness. And if you want to share anything or a message of hope even, yeah. yeah that would- well, so, you know, we started the pandemic. And again, the pandemic is not where all these things began, but it, the pandemic became a catalyst for better understanding what we needed to do about them. We started the pandemic with this phrase that I continue to repeat as sort of the thing we need to keep in mind, and that is we're all in this together. Uh, That is true. It's true from a mental health standpoint. I think the single most powerful thing we can say to each other uh, who are experiencing trauma, and the traumas have been compounded, the single most powerful thing that we can remind each other is that we are not alone. If you're suffering, you don't need to suffer in silence. If you're not okay, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to be not okay. Um, the the challenges and the stresses that you might might feel are are uh, burdening you, and you can't talk about. Just know that you're not alone in feeling those ways. It's it's important to acknowledge that. And then again, next step, uh, there are resources. There are people. There are resources, programs to help. So again, you're not alone, and there is help out there. That is so wonderful, and what a message to leave us all with. And, Mayor, I cannot thank you enough for everything that you're doing for our city, for continuing to keep mental health in the forefront, and for being so honest and vulnerable and transparent today with this conversation. It means so much to me and to our listening audience. And, again, thank you all for joining us. And my name is Tally, and I go through it so you don't have to, and we'll see you next month. Thank you. Thanks, Dolly. Thank you.